This week, the Bamfcast isn't scared to eat a little crow. One star, we're in. All right, and welcome to the Bamfcast. Hey, Bamfcast. Episode 57. 57. That is correct. Yes. It's my favorite year for Chevrolets. Prime number. It It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just blew your mind, didn't I? Totally. So, I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. Uh, I'm the beach. And what we do each and every episode of the Bamfcast, because I know you love hearing about it, is we watch a terrible, terrible movie, and terrible. then we come and talk about said terrible movie, and then we rate said terrible movie one two five jocks if it's a good bad movie after robot jocks or one two five bags and a negative sense if it's a terrible terrible movie after twilight as in douchebags douchebags of douche right all of that so what we watched this uh week which by the way bonus Hor- week horror month continues yeah we decided not bonus. to break, yeah we decided not to break up uh horror month and uh go ahead and Get a Banff cast out when we would nor- normally be doing no quarters. So here's your bonus episode. Hooray. Oh, the horror. So we decided to watch, watching our, this is becoming our, our time. Uh, 1988's Scarecrows. The golden age of movies. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's, it's an MGM movie. Yeah, it's an MGM so, movie. Also in our wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> yes, MGM, where have you gone? But uh, we miss you, MGM. This basically came to us via Netflix Instant. We were just looking around, and the the synopsis is what pulled us in. So maybe I'll read that, and you can concur why this movie we felt that it needed to be watched. I will say the synopsis completely sold me. Yes, I so was like, no, Steph. I was like, don't mention anything else. Right. I think we found our winner. Okay, well here it goes. After pulling off a major heist, a group of ex-military outlaws commandeer a plane for their getaway. But when one of the group betrays them by parachuting out with the cash, the rest follow and find themselves in the middle of a nightmare. They take shelter in an abandoned farmhouse set in a cornfield, where sinister scarecrows soon come to life and start taking them out one by one in this spine-chilling cult classic. I love that setup. Yeah. It's a good setup. Yeah, we were thinking uh, A-Team sort of heat their way out of into a horror movie. And that's... Kind of what we got, mostly. Yeah, kind of. They were a little inept as believable commandos of any kind, but mm-hmm. I love these. I love the box art for these movies. Oh yeah, for this movie rather, it's a good one. It. I love the tagline. Go ahead, give us the tagline, BJ. They only want a brain. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> now we're. Oh, that's the actual tagline because the that's one right from the trailer. Okay, the one on the. Uh, video cover on netflix just says trespassers will be violated <laughs> <laughs> which i want to put that a sign of that on my house <laughs> so that kind of says stay away from my property yeah because <laughs> that could mean all kinds of things yeah so it's, where to start with this well how about the beginning well it feels like somebody watched predator okay and was like game over Let's kind of do that except without an alien. Right. Because it's kind of the same thing. You got like a team of badass mercs. Sort of, yes. Kind of. Like, like I said, their badassness is debatable. debatable. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they're even but, the but same kind of setup. armed dudes. Even the pretty much the same setup in that uh, it starts off. This one starts off you skipping the manliest handshake 
a section of Predator and goes straight into they're in the plane, you know, in the middle of the getaway. I kind of wish they'd had the budget to show the setup, mm-hmm. like what they talked about, like the the actual robbery of some. I mean, apparently they were robbing from a military base. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, they were talking about how many MPs they killed and everything like that. and But we don't get to see that. It just starts off on the plane. Really don't know what's going on at all. You can tell that the pilot and some girl in, also in the cockpit are hostages because they're holding a gun on them. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get the setup at first. And it's all kind of the very same setup from Predator. Like, let's go from person to person, kind of see what they're about a little bit. Like, one guy's got a harmonica. The other guy's like the cigar-chomping bald dude. Mm-hmm. You know, big bear guy. And uh, then you had kind of like the the Weasley kind of, I don't know. Dude. Yeah, the dude you, you think, you know, who ends up freaking out later. Yeah. Um, who's kind of like the de facto boss. I suppose, yeah. He's, he's kind of like the one who's re- calling the shots, but... Yeah, actually, I kind of felt like the, the, the chick... There was also the chick with... with like, I think that's the funniest one is like, you know, these are supposed to be badass mercenaries and you've got this chick with like big old feathered hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Total, total 80s broad. Yeah, I'm just like, you had time to feather your hair in, in, in the middle of combat or prior to? I mean, mm-hmm. is that really the best setup? But... Yeah, it's just it's kind of strange. And then you've got the the one guy who's walking around the plane with night vision goggles, <laughs> just because, just because, just because they're like, we like green screen. Yeah, and not green screen as in like no green screen as in like let's turn everything green. Yeah, let's feel for like lack of red and let's blue. feel like we're colorblind for a few minutes yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Um, so he's like kind of walking around the plane and he sets he sets this like time charge up, which is ticking very loudly right outside the mm-hmm. cockpit, which kind of makes you think i know they're on a plane but wouldn't somebody hear that i mean at this point i'm kind of no. thinking like he's setting up to they're all going to bail out of the plane and you know just blow the plane up basically and kill the pilot and the, the woman mm-hmm. and that's what you kind of feel like the setup is at first and then he sort of he just goes back to the back of the plane grabs the crate throws a smoke grenade in the front and bails out he's apparently going to double cross the rest of the mercenaries and steal the money on his own don't forget the regular grenade he throws. Yeah, which <laughs> that shot was pretty hilarious. It, yeah. d- it didn't pay off, but he tosses it up in his cockpit because I forgot to mention the pilot and we find out later it's his daughter um, also have this oh, yeah. like English bulldog uh, on the plane. And he's just sitting there, you know, like they're apt to do, just sitting there like tongue just hanging chilling. out and, you know, drooling. And the grenade like lands right in his lap. He's just sitting there like just kind of looks down at it like... Arr. <laughs> and you're we're like, like no, no, no don't the, blow up not the dog not this early not on the dog but yeah so they scramble throw the grenade out of the plane and in this horrific <laughs> i don't even know what amazing you call amazing special effect shot oh uh, yeah i don't i don't even know what that what you would call that that almost looked like very very early early cg or just no straight it looked on, like, like drawn on yeah it animation. looked like they drew on the frame yeah that's pretty much what it what it looked like, but like I said, it, it could have been like extremely early CG of some kind, but horrible to say to say the least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he bails out of the plane, and they all kind of scramble and realize what's going on, and he you know parachutes out with the money and lands in a cornfield basically, and there's scarecrows, and then the fun begins. Yeah, so they all sort of bail out one by one, except for. Roxanne, who like I like I said, I think I feel like she was kind of almost calling the shots because she stayed behind the plane for number one, number one. But that's that's the thing is there's no clear leader of this mercenaries group at all. That's mm-hmm. they don't seem very highly trained at all. They're they're very apt <laughs> no. to freak out or and they 
they talk constantly over the radio. Just like the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie is just them jabbering on the radio on and on and on. So basically the setup is, is they find this cornfield. There's these, you know, a bunch of scary scarecrows and they find this house that's been condemned. And apparently there's some kind of demonic worshiping or something like that going on. And, some devil worship. Yeah. And there's the some, original some owners. demonic demons. Yeah, apparently demonic, the, the yes. original three owners, the Fowlers, have somehow transformed themselves into three of these scarecrows. And I guess that they're, they're... Seeking revenge. Yeah, they're seeking revenge or they're kind of like replacing their parts with people's parts or something. It's I don't know. It, it, yeah. They are turning people into scarecrows. So yeah. one guy lost his hand at some point, maybe in the war. Yeah, and uh, they take somebody's and he, hand. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't know, but I couldn't follow any it, plot it, in this movie. Yeah, it's it's an, it's just an excuse to have scarecrows come to life and kill people, and mercenaries try to get away. Basically, kind of sounded like our kind of movie. Mm-hmm. So all that being said, because yeah. that, that's basically the whole plot of the damn movie. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, do we want to get in specifics? Because there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of likable things in this. Yeah, it's just. It's one of those weird movies where there are so many cliches that it's more fun that it has all of them. Right. And that it it just almost revels in them. Well, I think if you're one of those people like like the Family Guy sketch that likes it when they say the name of the movie, you'll love this movie. Because they say Scarecrows about 50 mm-hmm. times, at least. Just every, like on the radio, yeah. like I said, they're just like, there's more Scarecrows here. There's Scarecrows over here. I just saw some mm-hmm. more Scarecrows. Hi, Lordy Scarecrows. Yeah, I think you may, I beg you bailed out over there in that graveyard by the Scarecrows. And yeah, just, they say the name of the movie quite a bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the characters are just, they're definitely cliched, but they're kind of funny and do some kind of funny things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Well, I just, I... There's so many great reactions for yeah, one. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead. And that's like the group of of mercs that make up the whole, you know, make up basically the cannon fodder for the scarecrows. They're the most fun part by far because the scarecrows are just kind of like I don't know, it's it's weird. Yeah. I mean, because they're almost not threatening not at, really, at a certain no. point, yeah. you know. Well, considering how how many times you've seen them, you know, they, they don't they don't learn from the Jaws alien method of hiding them at all. I mean, I, I think we ne- neglected to say that during the opening credits, there's also this long, slow, you know, let's move a, you know, another few inches towards this scarecrow and then show another name in the credits. Yeah, so this is happening while the opening credit sequences, it just keeps zooming in and zooming in and zooming in mm-hmm. on the scarecrow. We just expected it to come to life and be like, ah, yeah, scare you or something. Nope. But no. I was disappointed with the lack of blah in yeah, that scene. Yeah, well, there wasn't really any. They never really jump out. They don't make any noise, mm-hmm. really. Um, and apparently, there's only three of them, really. I mean, there's a shit ton of scarecrows all around this farm, but yeah, we only three are alive. Yeah, so that that's a little muddied. I, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things like they were trying to be mysterious in hopes that they make the expository sequel that just tells you everything because that you know some some horror movies are like that like let's be real mysterious in the first one and we'll make a sequel where we go explain the backstory explain it all and do a prequel or something but clarissa explains it all yeah yeah but with these they give it away right there in the credits 
As far as what? Like the... That it's the three guys who used yeah, to live in the house. pretty much. I yeah. mean, they, they, they keep showing the, the picture frame inside the house and keep going. And actually, if you look at the... There are three scarecrows that are hanging up mm-hmm. that they keep showing that actually resemble the three people in the in that picture. I don't uh, know if you saw that or paid attention to it. But not really. It was the only thing that was interesting. But that's another thing about this movie. It's it's really dark. And I, I mean, you know, just not very well lit. lit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and not not just dark, just poorly lit. Yeah, there's like... The entire movie kind of vacillates between whether it's actually night or if it's noon. Like when they're on the plane, it's it's one o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. And in see, certain rooms of the house, it's midnight. Some rooms, it's 7 p.m. See, that's part of the cheap charm of this, though. It's yeah. like anytime the plane shows up, it's dawn. Dawn! Any other time, it is the dead of night. Yeah. Except when he walks into a room, and then it's, you know... Then there's, then like, there's the spotlight outside, outside yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird because, like, there's varying degrees of, of successful use of day for night throughout this whole thing. It's like sometimes they kind of got it. Sometimes they didn't. I don't know. You know, it's like did they just have one filter and it didn't matter how bright out it was. That's what you got. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, when the, sh- when the shit actually starts going down, it's that's when it really starts getting fun. It's It's a real slow build up and. Like I said, at a certain point, we're like, just shut up, just stop chattering on the radio. And then one, you know, the double crosser dudes kind of has this weird internal monologue thing happening because, you know, I yeah. don't, did he ever say like one line? I, or I think he did like when he started finally screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He starts, you know, yelling out like, who are you? Where are you? Get away from me. Yeah. Kind of bargaining for the his The scarecrows kind of fuck with him. Yeah. Because they make him think that he's hearing, hearing the other dudes on the radio. Yeah. And like right next to him. Or, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, other than that, it's like he pretty much remains silent up until the point that he just freaks out, like right before he gets killed or captured or converted or whatever the hell they do. Stuff Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah, that's before they become demonic demons. Right. Yes, that was good. (laughs) They point out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like satanic Satan. They're demonic demons. But I, I just love that they split up all the time. Oh, yeah. That's always a good plan. Classic movie mistake. Yeah. You know weird shit's going down, but you just refuse to acknowledge it. Right. Except the one guy who freaks the fuck out and basically makes the movie. Yeah. Just by he's, he's like the ensign in, uh, Mega, Shark. in Mega Shark versus Giant yeah, Octopus. That's it, the ensign. Except he's like one of the main characters of this movie. Yeah, like we said. Up and until they have like a whole monologue. Like he has a huge scene where he just freaks the fuck out. He pulls a Hudson and he's just like, game over, man. Pretty fuck. much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's up until that point, we were kind of thinking maybe he's the leader until he just freaks out. And then it's like the the feathered hair chick just kind of becomes the, the, you know, the calm kind of in charge, except she's she's dead set on getting the money no matter what. It's like they have seen at this point, they, it's like they have seen weird shit happen. They know yeah. weird shit is going on. And, and they she's don't still, and She's still like, there's three and a half million dollars out there scattered, you know, in 20s. Throughout this yeah, cornfield, twenties are everywhere. In old twenties, even. Yeah. Well, this was this was eighty eighty eight. They didn't have new twenties. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's weird. It's like she she just doesn't give a fuck. It's like money, 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 money. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. No. But yeah, <laughs> no concern for her own safety. So the uh, the pilot guy, the the dad. Uh, kind of tries to pull like a Rambo thing. Like he has a little 38 revolver in his plane and he jumps out and goes off running. Like I, he's going to rescue his daughter or something and pretty much gets killed off screen. I think like, yeah, yeah. It's like, 
he just sort of shows up. You don't up. realize he's dead until he's hanging from a... Yeah, he's just kind of like sort of hung up, crucified on this mm-hmm. scarecrow post. And basically, I guess the scarecrows take whatever parts they need to fix themselves. But then mm-hmm. it's like they, they stuff, stuff the humans. Because like they've got them all ripped open and taped, you know, like sewn back together down their chest. And they're just full of straw, but they can still walk and talk and whatever. Yeah. Because... Uh, we've seen double crosser guy get killed essentially, but then he comes back and the other Mercs just start wailing on him, like trying to ask him questions. I mean, they're just interrogating the fuck out of him, just mm-hmm. beating on him, beating on him. And he's not just saying pissed. a word. And uh, until at one point, like the, the freak out guy opens up his jacket and just sees that he's all sewn up and with like part of the money and part mm-hmm. stuffing. And, and he's like, you want the money? Take it. Yeah, pretty much. And then he just, he does this weird thing, like he just starts hitting them. But it's did you notice like the electric sparks kind of coming off of him? Mm-hmm. It was like a very subtle effect. Like every time you hit them, they kind of like sparked up a little bit. It was it was kind of weird. But yeah, yeah I wish I would have sparked up before I watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with the marijuana. Oh, I okay because oh. I I wasn't following that until you okay. were just explicit make, about that. Making sure, right? Yeah, but I I just love that they're just. Like they just can't, ex- they can't figure it out. You know, they're like pulling the money out of this dude's corpse, right? Because eventually, like he beats the shit out of him. I mean, it's a, it's actually a pretty fun scene because, you know, they've been wailing on him, so then he just beats the crap out of was his name Curry, the main guy, was that his name? That's, or? Yeah, that's freak out guy. Was Curry. Yeah, freak out guy was Curry, and then the, the big ball dude, and then there's the, dopey harmonica guy, and he's like Jack. picking him up by the throat. You know, it's funny is because they're just like stabbing the shit out of him. They're they pump like a full clip from an AK into him and Pretty he, much, he yeah. still just keeps coming at him until somebody finally chops his head off with a machete. Yeah. Yeah. The big uh, bear dude, whatever the hell his name was. Big bear Corbin? dude. Was it Corbin? <laughs> Corbin. Yeah. 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 Corbin, Corbin Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. He uh, pulls out a machete kind of out of nowhere and lobs his hand off and lobs his head off. And there, I mean, <laughs> at this point, the movie goes pretty gruesome. I mean, it, it uh, up until this point, it was like almost made for TV. I mean, there wasn't really yeah, anything like, like when when Bert gets it. It's just kind of like, like off screen. They you know? show ah. they show the scarecrow guy. They right. show more of his face than they show the actual yeah, getting stabbed in the gut. And then at this point, it's like when they when they kill this dude and they realize he's stuffed full of money. There's like a long scene of them just pulling out pulling blood bloody twenties out of twenties out of this guy. Just you know, and I, I love how the one dude is fishing them out of the skull. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like... And they're just so matter-of-fact about it. Like, yeah. it's full of straw. He, I don't he, get it. Maybe, may as well have, like, a melon baller searching mm-hmm. for 20s. And it's just weird. It's like... and it, That's probably one of the better things this movie does is the sound effects like that. I mean, I don't yeah. know if they were just stock sound effects or if they were in there, like, squishing things around. Because there's this and then, like, the, uh, the Scarecrow guys, when they're... The couple of scenes they show where they're stuffing the people, they've mm-hmm. got these, like, rib cutter things and, ha- like rusty hacksaw saw type of things and yeah the cutters look almost like tin snips yeah that's what they were they were were big tin snips i was trying to think of the word yeah so they're just cutting through ribs and you know it's just you know just all kinds of Mm -hmm. i would love to be a foley artist oh yeah that's that's good stuff they gotta have so much fun oh i've actually been i've been to a foley recording studio like where they had the uh like the gravel pit and you know they Mm -hmm. could replace it with glass and you know they actually had like little covered areas where they, like it little was sack like of grass. Well, it, yeah it was like they had little like patches and then they would cover it up with hardwood so they could do the hardwood stuff too and nice it's, it's pretty neat stuff 
I also like the way they did that did it in old radio, which is they, you know, they'd have a guy with a table full of shit and right. be banging on some aluminum and then mm. throw a watermelon at the ground <laughs> and punch a slab of meat. Yeah. I like punching meat. Mmm. Meat punching. <laughs> and that was pretty much the sound they used for the punches in this the one. The man's choice. Yes. Meat punching. Nice. That's how I tenderize. But yeah, it's yeah. uh but they they uh you know, they're they're trying to get all the money out of their friend or former friend. Right. And they're just like, oh, what I, well, yeah, this is fucked up. Let's uh, get this money and get out of here. And then, of course, they see money outside. Yeah. Like, all over the place. And it's like, gee. I wonder if that's a trap. Yeah. They can't, they can't put two and two together. Of and course, of course not. The, the harmonica guy previously had been on the roof. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. looking through his... his uh, yeah. super, 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 yeah. super His scope. night vision scope. Jack was on the roof. And he's just looking around. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Not going to repeat that yeah. joke. But anyway, he's looking around, and I love it. He's like, "Oh, there's there's three crosses out there. That's probably where the money is." And all of a sudden, he looks over, and like the scarecrow's like, <laughs> and it's like a super extreme close up. Like, is the scarecrow on the edge of the roof looking at him? <laughs> Pretty yes. much. And then he's just like, "I saw a scarecrow. <laughs> I saw a dog. Fuck." Yeah. <laughs> and he's not like boogity, boogity, boogity. the scarecrow was moving and growling and. Right. Freaking out at me. He's just like, I saw a scarecrow. Yeah. Lots of scarecrows. Yeah, we saw those too. Great. Yeah. Where's the parachute? But then, of course, they all see the money. So what do they do? Money. Let's go go get the money. And they're like, oh, look, the money goes down the path to the left and the money goes down the path to the right. Hmm. Let's Hmm. split up. It's like, God, guys, come on. Don't do it. Don't do it. Of course they do. Of course they do it. This movie was nominated for an International Fantasy Film Award. Wow. Why? That and $1.50 might buy you a cup of coffee. I agree. It's an iffy award. <laughs> it is. It's very iffy. Yeah. It's in 1989. They were on so many drugs. Were they? Yes. Oh. But. Like 13 or 14 of them. Hmm. I, I think really the part where they split up and start going down the paths, like getting the money is when it really kicked into Like we really started enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. Pretty Cause much. it kind of starts fairly slow, but then once they finally get to like, like they kill the one dude fairly quickly. And then, you know, right. we're like, uh, this is kind of weird, you know, just when they're, when they're basically pulling all the bloody money out of the dude. But then it's when the harmonica guy fi- finds his harmonica and just starts playing it. Which about half a dozen times he mentioned like, gee, I wish I could find my harmonica. Because yeah, it fell out of the plane in the beginning. Right. And then, oh, he happens to find well, it, did, it. Yeah, you didn't even see it. It's like, like apparently as he was parachuting, it fell out. Yeah. Like, you, and of course, like I said, they, they were chattering on the radio the whole time. So, of course, he's like, my, my, ra- my harmonica just fell out. Over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roger. Chatty Cathy's. Right. But yeah, and then and then of course the one time they do want him to talk, he just sits there and plays a harmonica, won't right. speak. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, come in. Where are you?" He's like, "Where are you, Jack?" Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's just walking along, and then of course gets popped in the face by a by a scarecrow, and it's like <laughs> that was that was probably the single best sound effect in the entire movie. Was, was the that, harmonica? Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, harmonica wheeze. It was the as he gets the wind equi- knocked out. Of yeah, him. the harmonica equivalent of the record scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they hit him, and then they suddenly they hold him down and saw one of his hands off. Yes, and then stuff a bag over his head and just start stabbing him in the mouth. <laughs> oh, they just uh, they just stab him once in the mouth. Yeah, and then and his blood mouth just goes everywhere. We're like, holy shit! Yeah, dude, just got stabbed in the mouth. <laughs> I hope I never get stabbed in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. 
It didn't look really fun. You'll also drown. I'm going to amend that. I'm going <laughs> to say I hope I never get stabbed. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yes. it might happen. So Yeah. But then, of course, Curry, Curry is trying to find him the whole time because he realized, you know, as soon as he heard the harmonica go over the radio. That's how like someone just got killed while playing harmonica. Well, yeah. And then the guy screaming as they cut his hand off. That might have done it too. Yeah. So then, of course, he sees the, finally sees the scarecrow. Right. Pumps a bunch of rounds into him. Yeah. He has the Jesse Ventura moment. Yeah. He's like, ah, and then realizes it doesn't do any good. And that's just when he just loses it. Oh, yeah. Well, this this is all after, yes, that this is after their, the betrayer guy is shown back up. So, I mean, they've already seen yeah. strange shit. Show. Yeah. They've, they've seen weird shit and yeah. the other ones just like won't acknowledge it. Right. I mean, after he Cause just. Because it's the bald bear dude and then the, the main chick. And then, of right. course, like, like the girl that the daughter that's hostage is kind of. Right. She's freaked out, but she's just kind of keeping her mouth shut because she's not really armed and yeah, and she kind of has no choice but to do whatever they're telling she her. She has to do. this bizarre flip, like midway through the movie, at, like Stockholm syndrome, where all of a sudden she's like, "We've got to get out of here. You mm-hmm. got to go save him." It's like, really? Like they yeah. were holding a gun on you a few minutes ago, and really, yeah. just yeah. But they all get away, get to the plane. Get I just the fuck love out of there. that they all retreat back to the house, and that's when Curry just loses his shit. Yeah, that's when he's just like. Fuck man, I couldn't kill it. I couldn't kill it. Fuck, fuck. You know, and and then he's just like he gets into this weird existentialist thing where he like took the brown acid or something, and he's just like, well, you remember when we were at the airfield and we were shooting all those dudes and like no airfield? Yeah, it's like nobody could hit us. Nobody hit us, but we were just mowing them down. Right. He's like, what if they did hit us and we're dead already? And this is hell and scarecrow hell. And, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked that explanation. I was down with that. Yeah, but I just I just love how he's like, he's just gone so far off the deep end that he's coming up. He's just trying to come up with any theory to explain what the fuck is going on. If I was that guy, I, th- I think I would have been in similar, yeah. in a similar mood. Yeah, but he's just, just like, he's absolutely f- terrified. Like, he's seen so much insane. rough shit. He should have been like cowering in the corner of a shower at some point. Right. He, well, I like there his, wasn't a shower. Out there, I like man. his pensive stares out the window too. Yeah. Like oh, he's kind of, He's taking about a three-step pace back and forth, and then it'll just stop and kind of lean and stare out the window like, I've seen shit, man. I can't even begin <laughs> yeah. to tell you about it. And then just all like, oh, God, we're all going to die. And then he yeah. just goes back to the... I just love that he's basically so resigned himself yeah. to his fate. And he's just like, we're going to wait here till morning. Yeah. And then everyone's like, uh, no, let's just get to the plane and get this the fuck out of here. This isn't the demons. God. Yeah. That's not going to work. Fucking scarecrows. Yeah, and then ah! he then he just starts hearing stuff over the radio. He thinks his buddy Jack is on the radio. Right. And everybody's like, I don't hear anything, dude. And he's like, quit fucking with me, man. Yeah. You guys are all liars. <laughs> Not you too, man. Yeah. yeah. You would just leave Jack. What the fuck's wrong with you? It's like, you saw him yeah. die. So he's just waving a gun at everybody else. He's like, give me the fucking gun. Yeah. Yeah. You're so not leaving. It's just, it's weird. Like I said, the... um. I, I will I will minorly give them props for not doing certain horror movie conventions. Like I sh- I thought for sure they were gonna find some ridiculous excuse to get the daughter naked, you know, just because I mean yeah. it felt like that kind of horror movie. Um, you know, not to say they didn't have her kind of running around sort of skimpy clothing, but you know, it just felt like one so- one stupid reason mm-hmm. or another she was. Oh, I just God, I've got so many thorns in my hair. I'm gonna go find a shower you know for no reason yeah you know? thorns in my hair yeah well the, the, she spends about five minutes picking you know stickers and thorns out of her hair and clothes i mean it just like the whole time she spends it's, longer it's, than yeah. that doing it yeah it's it's weird it's just 
And the other girl like doesn't have anything on her. It's like, were you just She's walking wearing commando off clothes? Commando oh. clothes are thornproof. I see. Duh. Right. But her feathered, yeah, I her, think, I her think... feathered hair probably should have caught a few. <laughs> oh, she, it's commando hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's going commando is what you're saying? She put, she, no, it's just the commando hair. She oh, put, okay. It's like, it's like, like a helmet. hairspray? Yeah, it's Scotch Garden. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, now, I think I, they, didn't they establish that she was like 16? Oh, what did I, they? I, I think I they did. Know. I never caught that. Whatever. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think they could do the, but, the okay. thing. But they're basically, they're only part. keeping her around because the father's dead, so they need somebody to fly the plane. Right. Because originally she was a hostage to assure that, ensure that the father would, yeah, would which fly the plane, right. which... Yeah. Yeah, which never really made a lot of sense, like, why the the two women left the plane to begin with, yeah. like, leaving him behind to with a radio and anything else that was in the plane, or just to leave the plane, you know, take the plane and go, you know, whatever. It was just kind of weird, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't pretend to understand these things. Right. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's 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 pretty pedestrian, but there are some moments of gold here and there, and... Yeah, yeah. Curry's freak out by far is the highlight of the film. Yeah, and then then everybody else is like, "Fuck it, we're getting out of here." Then, and I love that when they're leaving, it's like Curry's just acting like the drunk guy, the drunk belligerent guy at the party, and everybody's just like, "All right, man, we don't want any trouble." Yeah. All right, we're <laughs> no, we're you're cool, you're cool, you're good, you're good. Yeah, you're you, good. You just stay here. You're cool. It's all right, dude. It's all right. It's, no, 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 no. No, you did. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. Honest. And he's just like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, you fuck. You're going to die if you go out there. And they're like, all right, that, that's cool. We're going to die. All right. All right, man. Got it, man. Yeah. We're going to die. That's cool. Be cool, honey bunny. Be yeah. cool. <laughs> so Curry just kind of sits back in the house and chills waiting, <laughs> waiting for Jack to come back while the rest of them. I'll never let go, Jack. Yeah. While the rest of them are like, all right, yeah, let's get to the plane. But of course the chick gets greedy. Oh, yeah. As soon as she sees some money around. Classic horror movie mistake. Yep. Soon as she sees my, and then of course everyone's like, "No, we're going to the plane. We gotta go. Not worth dying. We gotta go. Not worth dying. All those twenties yeah, to maybe grab another four or five hundred dollars." Yeah, and she, yeah, she probably got about that much, but yeah. it'll never, it'll never account for her pain and suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that as she's feverishly picking up the, <laughs> picking up all the dollars. Finally, one of the uh, scarecrows, one of the scarecrows shows up and just pitchforks her hand to the ground. Yep, that's what you get for being greedy. And then, and then, just to top it off, she rips her hand out to get out from oh, underneath mm-hmm. it, only to be only know, to be stabbed yeah, immediately <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, by the goddamn scarecrow. What did he stab her with the second time? I I think at that mm-hmm. point they were wielding whatever crazy ceremonial knife was. Yeah. In oh the yeah, the big wood. shiny knife. Yeah. Because yeah. like I said, it never one hundred percent explains it, but there's like some kind of weird altery looking thing where mm-hmm. it's can basically o- a stump with a knife yeah, in it i can only assume maybe they were sacrificing crows or something you know sure maybe i don't know there were a bunch of stuffed crows throughout the there entire were, there movie were, there were. collect them like thermoses uh what else i mean girl gets away bear dude sacrifices himself at the very very end well with well, a grenade with a yeah. grenade well he helps her get past right. the barbed bar wire fence yeah, because of course it, everything goes to shit because the girl hears the dog barking. Oh yeah, and then decides time to leave the guys with guns. Time to just run after run the dog. after the dog run after this old ass dog where you have no idea where he is, but you could just kind of hear him. And, I'll never let go, Dad. And there are guys out in the forest that want to kill you. 
that you can't kill because mm-hmm. they have already established this, that you cannot shoot them. You cannot do they anything. They found out that they could kill them. Well, sort yes. Of, as we of, find yes. out with explosive rounds. With an elephant gun. <laughs> with <laughs> explosive elephant rounds. Ra- elephant yeah, that, gun with explosive rounds. They called it an elephant. Oh, God. I, they did call it an elephant I gun. hate cheesy movie guns sometimes, most yeah. of the time. All what, the time? What was your problem with that? Uh, I don't even... I think that was like a, a PVC pipe with a with a trigger. Okay. Um, I mean, there was something called an elephant gun. It made dude's faces blow up. Yeah, it, it had a cool effect. It just... Yeah. I mean, what, the elephant gun is like what? Like an eight-gauge shotgun or something? I mean, it's like a big-ass fucking shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You're the gun guys. I don't know this well, shit. Well, it's weird because in, shot, in shotguns, the smaller the number, the bigger the bullet. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So he he shows up, blows the face off one of the, one of the scarecrows. Right. They're trying to escape. He, she gets through the fence, and of course, he starts getting stabbed in the leg with a sickle. Right. Which was or awesome. Little, yeah. Or a sling blade. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Some a Kaiser blade. A Kaiser blade. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, she's halfway to the plane and says, oh, maybe I should help him. Yeah, because they've been so good Because he's to me. like just screaming his head <laughs> off as he's getting stabbed in the fucking leg over right. and over and over. Yeah, they're not really trying to pull him back. They're just... They're just with, enjoying hacking yeah. up his leg. <laughs> well, they keep like stabbing him and pulling him back, and then when they when they raise their arms up to stab him again, he crawls a few feet yeah. forward. So they stab him in the same spot and drag him back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the, scare, the scarecrow treadmill. So of course, eventually, <laughs> <laughs> of course, eventually, she grabs she grabs up. the gun and blows the faces off two more scarecrows. Yeah, and they're like Fuck. because she's proven herself such an accurate shot before. Mm-hmm. She can they, weren't, they weren't that far Plus, away. Plus, she's like maybe what, like a hundred pounds, and yeah. she's firing. <laughs> something called an elephant gun yeah. she barely recoils at all yeah so of course she helps him back onto the plane sure and she's a tough broad yeah she's tough she's Crank proven up. this yeah in no way shape or form previously in the yeah. movie. right and then but of yes. course she cranks up the plane and turns it in a big circle so we're like maybe she didn't know how to fly yeah. this plane <laughs> we're we're hoping hoping she flying a plane is not genetic so yeah just so you know and of course as this happened jack shows back up to uh right. say hi to curry but and I, and I just love like the I'm voice. Flying, Jack. Yeah, I just love the voice that they use for him too. He's like, "Oh, Jack, come on, let me in. <laughs> come on, Jack. That'll be good. That'll be fun." Yeah, well, that's because he has no laughs. bottom lip. He has yeah. like no lips yeah, whatsoever. In fact, and he's wearing the night vision goggles. <laughs> <Yes>. It's even <laughs> better. Just yeah, hilarious. It's so awesome. We need a screenshot. Oh, of this. Yeah. Stretched rictus with night yeah. vision goggles. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and of course, of course, Curry lets him in. Yeah. Gets like stabbed for his troubles, and doesn't he die on the altar? Yeah, pretty the much. But there's a whole the weird, weird, there's a whole weird thing. thing where he gets a phone call from like the head in the fridge oh, yeah, of the, the of double crosser guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, then, and then the head comes to life, and what was that? <laughs> and then he, he's like, ah, and runs out the door, and of course, Jack's gets still there. Immediately, yeah. stabby. Yeah. yeah, Jack didn't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so as they're as they're flying off in the plane, of course, right. The, the zombie father shows up. <laughs> yeah. Zombie father. Yep. Stabs her in the arm. In like in the hand, basically. Yeah, stabs yeah. him, stabs the, stabs the bear dude in the gut. Right. And kind of stalks his way up front. And then she's just like throwing the plane back and forth to kind of knock him off. And well, this is after, I mean, she. this is what's so weird is like, she's flying the plane. So yeah, maybe she's a little oblivious to anything going on behind her, but the dog is just sitting there. Yeah, like, the dog's just chilling. This is the shittiest dog ever. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> If that had been the dog out in the woods, you leave its ass behind because this dog oh, sucks. Yeah. yeah. It's like doesn't even move like when there's crazy knife wielding zombie scarecrow dad mm-hmm. creeping up behind. I'm like, 
not, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Not even like, hey, that's I think that's my master, but I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> Something not quite hey, right about him. I'm he smells kind of funny. Thirsty. Yeah. That dog don't give a fuck. Yeah. That dog that did not give dog. a fuck. No. But uh yeah, so he stabs her in the hand and So she like, starts flipping yeah, the plane flip, back and forth and, and then, bear guy isn't quite dead. Right. But he's got a grenade, so of course. Yeah. He hugs he hugs he the dude with the, the bear grenade. hug. Yeah, the bear hug <laughs> with the grenade. Yeah, there you go. Blows and then the grenade needed to be said. Explodes inside the plane, and the plane's fine. Yeah, sure, the plane's perfectly sure. fine. Well, you know, the other than the two, of two bodies contain the yeah. explosion. Well, he had his hand over the grenade. Yeah. Well, I think it wasn't he like was, he sandwished it between the two. Well, of them. okay, yeah. this is true, but whatever. It, but yeah, they both should get have blown, blown a hole in the plane. Yes. Yeah, they both not get a blown big to hole, bits. Just you know, a hole. I, I just it, a hole. <laughs> I love that they get blown to bits, and then they just show the dog eating chunks of it. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Again, that dog is a shitty dog. Yeah. But they made a no point of, loyalty in they that made dog. a point of bringing that back up a little bit at the very very end because mm-hmm. with radio expo- exposition yeah W A I R S W X P O S yeah yeah that's one thing uh one of the little there's a goof on uh, IMDb I think there's only the one or maybe two but uh I found it kind of funny that this movie was actually filmed in Florida hooray hooray but it was supposed to be taking place in California Ooh, um, which they made a point of saying that they did make they said the radio station was w-o-r-z and uh but they're all k out there yep whoopsie wars yeah it should be cores not wars but anyway thought anyway. like they were really caring about that kind of stuff they're like we're making a zombie scarecrow movie mm-hmm. fuck it <laughs> let's go for it all right shall we rate this bitch and move on do we have anything else worthy of talking about uh, I just want to say the director of this film, mm-hmm. William Wesley, also directed Wesley. also directed Route 666. Oh. Starring Lou Diamond Phillips and Lori Petty. Oh, snap. We got to watch we that. We might have to watch Route 666. With, with who again? I'm sorry, I missed that. Lori Petty and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, pff, sold. In like 2001. Very nice. Yeah. So we might we may have to check that one out. It sounds good to me. Awesome. So is it rating time? Yeah, let's ye old scarecrows. Let's do that. K R O Z. Uh, (laughs) Ah, somebody other than me, right? No, I usually don't go first, so I'm I'm thinking. Uh, Okay, through most of the movie, I'm sitting at a solid two jocks, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think freak out guy and just the general kind of insanity at the end, coupled with you know faceless dude. I'm gonna bump it up to three. That may be a little generous for this movie, but. Yeah, it's it's some of its uh, golden moments push it up. Think most of the movies a two with with moments pushing it to a mm-hmm. three. Really, yeah. That that's one thing that it's got. It's got specific scenes that are just right. just awesomely cheesy. Yeah. It's like it's almost like it became self aware at some point. Exactly. And they were just like, all right, let's roll. We're with making it. a zombie scarecrow movie. Let's yeah. go with it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it's a three jock movie. I am also of that uh, of that mindset. It almost it almost made it Down put itself two. into a two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early it's, on, it was hovering in one to two range. Yeah, but then it was it once was, the second half kicks in. It the chatter stuff was kind of driving me crazy. So I'm just going to warn you: if you watch this movie, give it time because it, it will get better. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the the beginning was yeah a little yeah a little tacky. So yep, tacky stick. Curry tacky. gets our best supporting actor role. Yeah, for Scarecrows, we call it the Ensign Award. Yeah, the Ensign Award. I like it already. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's keep track of the Ensign Award. The Ensign I, I like this. Okay. Well, I don't think we are, we we don't give them out too often, so 
no. can probably remember. Curry these. earns it. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the second half and break stuff first here. Yeah, like we usually do. All right, welcome back. Second half. Bamfcast. All right. Bamfcast. Woo. So, um, very quick follow-up email I just wanted to address uh, regarding last week's show. Clint from Madison uh, did indeed email us. Got the address for sending the I Come in Peace VHS. Yay. All right. Yes. Clint from Madison. Coming through big time for the Bamfcast. Hell yeah. And as soon as it arrives, I believe it's time that we... Uh, I don't know that we've ever posted a close-up set of pictures of the... Uh, the wall of awesome yeah. that we have here. But uh, I the think the shelf is getting full. Yeah. Some things may have to come down because there's some things that just kind of went up there to occupy space on the left hand side. Yeah. It may not necessarily warrant a position. But anyway. Uh, yeah. I just said uh, quickly uh, thanks for the podcast. I drive a lot for my job, and your podcast really does make the day much more fun. Keep it up. All right. So we're glad that we could occupy an hour of your time. We we every, are going to pretend that you drive a truck. Yeah. An 18 wheeler. In fact, yeah. so you can tell us what you really do, but that's, we're not going to hear it. Yep. That's pretty much, we, we imagine that you're driving an 18 wheeler, uh, working out only your right hand to compete in arm wrestling competitions while, yes. while trying to reconnect with your, uh, teenage son who you haven't seen in years. And also that you may or may not have seen a black dog at some point. Right. And have run over a little girl very close to Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yeah. All of that. So. Um, <laughs> we have active imaginations. <laughs> Jesus. No, we don't. We just recount our old episodes. Oh. Yep. Uh, um, so, uh, surprisingly, I decided to bite the bullet and go see Let Me In. To once and that for would all. be the remake of Let the Right One In. That is that is correct. Which is came out two years ago. One in like twenty four months ago. Yeah, that's so long ago. I know. Good thing they let it sit for a while yeah, before they really decided to tackle that subject. Yeah. So I felt I felt the need to kind of put it to rest a little bit, like because I I feel like I've been bad mouthing these, and I'm I'm someone who doesn't like to just say this sucks without proving it <laughs> so to speak mm-hmm. um but honestly my opinion changed almost none i found this to be a wholly unnecessary movie i mean there was just there was almost nothing that they did different or better or anything to warrant this movie even existing it wasn't like a shot for shot remake or anything no no i mean it's it's close at times there are some very similar things uh Maybe you could argue that there's a little bit of a cultural difference because the uh, the kid, the non-vampire kid, uh, is I, I didn't I never got this from from Let the Right One In, but apparently this takes place a little bit in the past, at least in the American version. I, I don't remember the exact date, but I want to say like an early '80s kind of thing. Okay, um, and he's kind of obsessed with now and later's candy. Hell yeah. And he's, he like kind of, you know, he's kind of a loner kid and he kind of sits around singing the now and later theme, you know, now and later, eat some now, save some for later. Oh, yeah. Just kind of 
mumbles that a lot because he's kind of regional difference. I think he's kind of you know weird in that way. Um, hmm. So maybe that I you know I can't say that resonated anymore because obviously you didn't know what the now and later theme is. Probably most people these days have never heard that. I don't. But know I, now, you know man. I can see that like they were trying to take that and you know make it something that we could connect with instead of whatever maybe childhood ditty that the Swedes may have heard and. You know, they used in that one. I don't, I don't even They're remember They're all songs about bikini teams. Right. They were. And chocolate. No, wait. That's the Swiss. I know the difference. But anyway, um, there is only one shot in this movie that I thought was really, really good. And not something that if it was in the original um, was done with anywhere as much pizzazz as this one. Is there's a shot of a car crash where the camera is sitting in the back of the car and it's been sitting there like before the crash. So you never really see what causes the crash. It's just like the car starts flipping and rolling down a hill and all this, all the while staying in the car, you know, it's, it's just kind of cool, but Hmm. I like those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean that, that was nifty and, and inventive way to shoot that. But other than that, I mean, honestly, there were some shots I thought were done better in the original. Um, you know, I don't want to get spoilery because I don't, you know, Neither of you have seen either one of them, so. But there's just some, there's some key moments in the movie that I think they did better in the original, and yeah, I mean, it's not a bad movie, you know, at all, but completely, I feel completely unnecessary. Like I said, I, I never really felt that there was a problem with the first one, and they obviously didn't touch on certain things. If you, if you've seen the original, you can probably guess what I'm talking about that they completely threw out for this version. Hmm. So. Was yeah. it something like they needed to sterilize it for the American audience? Or? Yeah, a little bit. And and honestly, without going before I went, you know, when I saw it, I didn't really get what they were talking about until I went online and read that that was kind of uh, fan service for people, fans of the book, that there was an additional part of the backstory that they were just kind of acknowledging, like, yes, we know this is something we're just going to kind of give you this to shut you up, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of weird and twisted and kind of adds another depth to the movie when you know that backstory. So they, but they just completely dropped it out of this one. Cause it's a little, it's a little weird for American audience. I, yeah. was, I would think, but anyway, so yeah, like I said, it's something about like little red fish or, uh, <laughs> what? what? Swedish. Uh, fish. Oh, I got you. Yeah. I wasn't following you there. Swedish fish. Yeah. Oh, there's this whole scene in Ikea. It was really weird. Very off putting, but yeah, no, I don't usually know. is. It's like I said, I just didn't uh, didn't feel a need for it and, you know, went and saw it on the cheap and thought, yeah, why not? But there you go. Like I said. So if I was going to watch one, you'd recommend I watch the original? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chloe Moretz is, is, is good and I think she's going to continue to be a good actress. The little kid was really quite good. Um, Cody McPhee-Smith, I think his name is or something like that. But he's a he's kind of weird and very androgynous in this movie, just kind mm-hmm. of strange, but yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's good, but there, you know, so is the original and it's not that yeah. old. I can read subtitles. So there you go. So go see the original. So if you don't know how to read, see the remake. Sure. If you know how to read, see the original. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's the way I, I look at it. That works. It's well, a movie for made for lazy I don't think people. you can bother seeing the original in the theater or the uh, new one in the theater. Yeah, because I believe it's already gone. gone. Yeah, or severely cut back on show times. But 
hey, maybe that's all it deserved. Yeah. To be honest with Secretariat's you. Secretariat's out. Yay. Oh, wow. You <laughs> can see that for horror, horror Month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyone else see anything? Um, I watched on the uh, Rays of Blue, mm-hmm. The Fairest Gentleman the Second. Ah, as did I. A swell yeah. movie. It was. As did my dad. It held up quite well the second time. Yeah. I still quite enjoy it. Yeah. I still don't like the uh, the quasi Spider-Man 3-ish scene in the middle of it, but uh, other than that, you know. The dance number? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's might as well be the dance number, the dance fight, the, yeah. the DJ. To Robot Rock. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that I could have done without that, but other than that. Yeah. I still really enjoy it. No, it was it was interesting because um, my girlfriend hadn't listened to the spoil cast, mm. but she watched it with me. It was the first time she'd seen it, and immediately her reaction afterwards was, "Oh, that final fight was kind of short." Yeah, that was which is basically exactly easy. what yep. we said uh, when we did the spoil cast on it. But <laughs> yeah, that was kind of easy. I don't know. I liked it a little more this time. I think. Yeah, I think. Um, I because because th- I think the first time there's a lot to take in. I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie. Oh, yeah. Especially in the background. There's Avengers set up stuff with Black Widow. And I still don't like Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. I still think he's just being Samuel L. Jackson. He's not really playing a character, which kind of bothers me. I think they need to reel him in a little bit more. Because like his first quick appearance in Iron Man 1 played better. Mm -hmm. Well, because he only had like one line. I know. But it's just like, just even though, even like his, the way he carried himself felt Mm -hmm. different. Like he just seem kind of reserved and uh, yeah. yeah, they am Nick Fury. You know, I look like the guy in the ultimates because mm-hmm. they drew him after me. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's a hell of a way to get a job. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how Ed Norton happened. <laughs> they pretty much drew uh Bruce Banner that way and mm-hmm. that too. I think yeah. they even made that joke. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think there was actually an Ed Norton joke in the ultimates hmm. because they were, there was, I think it's in the ultimates too. Not to get too comic booky. I always know, but uh, yeah, they were they were having a discussion about who would play whom. That's right. And he said something like, "Oh, I'd like it to be like Ed Norton, but it'd probably be Steve Buscemi or something like that." Yeah, That's they didn't know too far ahead and say Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it still holds up. I did. Did you play around with these special features at all? No, I didn't. They're they're kind of cool. I mean, I, I they did a pretty good job with their. You know, it's basically a program. I mean, on, on mm-hmm. Blu-rays, but yeah, the uh, the vault, whatever, is is pretty neat. Um, lots of information. You can pull up a whole tree of all the exposed Avengers so far. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's actually stuff from the Incredible Hulk on there, and Iron Man one, and whatnot. Cool. What little bit of Thor yeah. information there is. True. And some stuff about Captain America. Like, they actually have a a pretty cool like shot for shot what he's pulling out of the trunk, so you can actually see. Everything that's in Howard Stark's mm-hmm. trunk. Yeah. Nice. So you don't have to kind of yeah. freeze for a minute. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Because I, I did make a point to look at the TV screens in the very end. Oh, yeah. To yeah. see the stuff from the Hulk. Which I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I listened yeah. I listened to, to the uh, John Favreau commentary only on mm-hmm. that scene. Like, I just skipped really? to that scene because I wanted to hear him talk about what he was hiding there Where? in the back. What did he say? Um, he said there were some things he couldn't talk about. But, yes, everything on the map Aww. means something. Mm. Um, he did say like, you know, yes, that probably has to do with Hulk. That probably has to do with Captain America. Yeah. But he said like, there's other things I can't say. That's cool. I think he did throw out Black Panther about the, the spot, the blip in Africa. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, BJ, you said your dad watched it, right? My dad did watch it. Uh, he gave me a very, very brief review. Um, it wasn't said, as good as New Moon. Oh. No. Yeah, we, actually, I should have asked him about that. But <laughs> The comparison? I was tired. Um, sequel to sequel. How, how did this rack up? It sounded, like he, sounded like he liked it more, considering his... Uh, if you get him to talk about something movie-related, he'll usually... His opinion of it usually diminishes over time of talking, but uh, he said he cranked up the old home theater system. Um, he cranked it up and had it, you know, up to 11 and really, really enjoyed it. Lots of good action. And he was kind of quiet about it from there. He just, he liked it. I think he would give it a solid 85. <laughs> On the of, old tomato of, meter? <laughs> sure. <laughs> On his old Metacritic? Yes. yes. Nice. 85 out of pi? <laughs> right that's pretty high yes right but yeah i mean he simply just liked it i mean i don't know there's not much to talk about now you, you were mentioning something about other potential ways to man him up right now or have you not succeeded in this yet i haven't gotten there yet oh, okay because i haven't had i haven't had a chance to grab him and sit him down and say watch this for the love of god yep. but well, Predators comes out next week. Yeah, I do have home video. Um, I do have Expendables and Predators on my Netflix queue. Okay, already. So, yeah, I have them saved. <laughs> That's awesome. So that so that as soon as they come out, you know, three oh. weeks later, Netflix will send them to me, so that I can show them to him. And yeah, in, Predators is next week. Expendables isn't till I think the uh, week before Thanksgiving. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. And they still haven't released a release date for a team, which is weird. It's hmm. like yeah. what's what's the holdup here? Rights issues. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe they're putting together the director's R-rated cut or something. We can hope. That would be awesome. Yeah. I would definitely go for that. Which, by the way, uh, quick in memorandum, Stephen J. Cannell, the man behind the A-team is no mm. longer with us. Yeah. That is sad. Sad, sad, sad. Somebody posted Somebody posted a clip that showed all of the different um, end, you know, the end credits thing where it's got him writing on the typewriter and then flipping the page up in the air. Right. There are like 25 different ones. Mm. And each time, like the guitar riff is a little bit different the oh. way it's played. Nice. Mm. It's just funny to watch it, like go from like the early set, you know, the yeah. mid seventies to the late eighties. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's just kind of cool to see something like that. Yep. And then like, there's one where he's just sitting there in like a track suit, <laughs> ripping it out. <laughs> nice. Other one, he's like in a smoking jacket and, Awesome. I might have to search that out. Yeah. Yeah. The the bumpers at the end of TV shows for the most part nowadays are pretty lame. Like I miss the old ones, you know. Well, now it's always news footage and commercials and other stuff jammed into them. Well, yeah. But I mean, like the little, I mean, like the, uh, the credit sequences. I mean, like, you know, you had bad robot for JJ Abrams and, uh, you know, mutant enemies, Joss Whedon's mutant enemy. But I mean, like, like the good old days, like sit, ubu, sit, you know, Mm -hmm. good dog. Yeah. And, who was the, what, I'm trying to remember which one it was that always went. I made this, you know. <laughs> so. Oh God, that was um that was ten thirteen productions. Was it? Wasn't it the X Files? Oh, stuff? it might have been. Oh yeah, yeah I think, I think that's what it was. I can't remember now though. Yeah, I just so many of those weird little things are strangely memorable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so <sighs> you saw something else. Oh, I did. I did. Um, you did. I went ahead. Told me about it. I I did do that. So now I will tell everyone. Tell everyone. I decided to. I I was browsing around, and at first it didn't even register to me like that this 
was something unusual to be out there, but uh, thanks to iTunes uh, rental, there is they were doing an early rental on Freakonomics, the documentary, which actually isn't even out in theaters yet. This was what pray tell is that documentary about? Uh, Freakonomics. No, <laughs> it was uh, it's Freakonomics based, based partially on a on a book that was uh, written about maybe ten years ago now. Maybe not quite that long, if you say so, dude. But uh, I don't read. Uh, it was just kind of examining uh, causality and things like that, uh, looking at economics and stats and, and applying them to other world situations other than just economics, uh, such as looking at that weird things like from everything to like uh, what happens based on your name, uh, where, you know, where you go in life based on your on your name or strange things like, you know, why did the crime rate drop? in the late eighties to early nineties and, and strange things like that. And the movie it's, is basically broken up into four major parts, each one directed by famous documentary filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, one of them is done by Morgan Spurlock, the super size me guy. Man. Yeah. Um, the people, done by the King of Kong, King guy. Of Kong guy, the Jesus camp people. And I don't remember the last one. It's one I don't think I've seen, but, uh, and they're interspersed with, a. Uh, talks with the the two guys that wrote the the book mm-hmm. hmm. um so it's it's strange in in a, in a documentary feel because it so each section is only like half an hour or something yeah i mean what like well, what actually if, not even the whole runtime looks like 85 minutes according yeah, to imdb they're, yeah they're not even that long. so they're really quick yeah well i mean some of they're not all equal length like the morgan spurlock one is a little bit longer and then the one at the very end um the one at the very end is called uh, "Can you bribe a ninth grader to succeed?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, that's basically what they this experiment they tried. Uh, but yeah, the Morgan Spurlock one was really quite. I, I think probably my favorite one out of them because it was basically. I like it when people kind of speak their mind without that political correction filter in place. Mm-hmm. And this was basically examining uh, where people can go in life. Like, do you have less of a chance of succeeding if you have like an urban uh, African-American name over a traditional, you know, white sounding name, basically. And they didn't really pull any punches in saying this, you know, I mean, they were interviewing. Well, the name of the segment is Arashonda by any yeah. other name. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And, um, it, it's not insulting in the way it, it, it's honest. It's just, it's honest. You know, it's like, it's, it just reminds me of a time when it's like, we're speaking our mind. We're not, we're not meaning to be insulting. If you're insulted by it, you're probably, not really getting the purpose of this, you know, mm-hmm. like you're just going to freak out to freak out. Like if, if anything in the movie is, is, is something to be offended by, which some of the things they bring up, there's plenty to, for people to be insulted by because another section is basically examining and saying that the major reason why the crime rate went down in the late eighties to early nineties was because of Roe v. Wade in the seventies saying that because at that point there were, less unwanted children thanks to legalization of abortion that they didn't have a chance to grow up and turn to a life of crime. <laughs> so wow, there's some pretty controversial things being yeah. bantered around in this movie. So by comparison, the, the name discussion really doesn't mean, you know, mean as much. It doesn't resonate as no loudly, Jeez. but yeah, but I mean, they, they do some, they, you know, they back all this up with some interesting history and facts and, you know, how they came to these conclusions, not just like somebody going around like, yeah, I wonder if maybe this has anything to do with anything. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole, the whole presentation of the, of the documentary is very well done. It's, it's done with kind of cutesy little animations and it, it's never, 
dull and boring like some documentaries have a tendency to be of just mm-hmm. let's show some dialogue but overall i i enjoyed it it's it's a little weird like i said it's definitely not something i mean you know, it's obviously going to be like most documentaries in the theater it's just going to have some very limited run and be out you know they never do well in the theater with a few exceptions but, yeah but yeah so whenever it becomes more readily available if you happen to have a apple tv or something like that that you can rent it you can rent it now it's couple dollars more in your average rental because it's kind of like new buying, release. yeah it's a new new release pre-release in fact but yeah i'd say it's worth watching i enjoyed it for what hmm. it was made your brain think a little bit thinking huh yeah while watching mm. a movie i know it's I almost know. as bad as reading watching <sighs> that's a, movie. a tall order yeah but anyway that's about all i have to say about that i don't know thinking it sometimes happens dangerous. I'm going to go with thinking's a bad idea. Nah. Occasionally. Occasionally. I don't trust it. Letters. They get all mixed up, make you do crazy things. I would rather listen to my stuff on podcasts via the internet. I agree. I think that is the best form of communication ever. Probably is. Better than words and reading and letters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, letters. Let the words come into your ear holes Mm -hmm. and invade your brain. That is correct, sir. Let our words abuse you. Trespassers will be violated. Trespassers will violate you. What? Trespassers too. New oh, from MGM. One, the last thing I, I I didn't really I was going to talk very briefly about that segment is the um the bribing the ninth grader. It, it's mm-hmm. it just goes to show you like I think you were you were speaking about how they how many kids that they actually follow around for something like racing dreams. Yeah, kind of makes you wonder like how many they had to follow around for this mm-hmm. because. They basically follow the path of two kids. One kid, I mean, they're all they're all ninth graders in this situation, and they basically tell them, "Look, if you can maintain at least a C average or better, we're going to give you fifty dollars a month with a chance for a five hundred dollar gift card and a ride home in this like pimped out Hummer limousine." And you know, and based on the areas that these kids are in, that's kind of a big deal to them. You can tell, but there's this. It's it's basically shows you know, follow strictly follows two kids. And like one kid just basically doesn't give a fuck. Like he's like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to have some money, but I really just don't give a shit. You know, I'm worth as asshole. You know, that's all I'm ever going to be. And he's just like, I'm happy to be the class clown and I don't study. He has accepted his have, fate. Yeah. I'm like I have all F's and I'm never going to do any better than that. And then the other kids like kind of failing, but he tries and he's just extremely personable. And it's like, you mm-hmm. immediately start rooting for this kid. And yeah, yeah, you know, so it's just it's it's interesting. Like I said, it makes you wonder how many other kids do they follow around and, and interview just and throw that yeah, away, basically. Because yeah, it just it shows you the two sides of the coin. Yeah. Well, it's got to be hard to make a documentary. Oh yeah, you got to go through so much footage. I mean, even you know, in the age where we don't do film anymore, where right. it's all digital, but still, yeah, gigabytes and combing gigabytes through of, all yeah. that is terabytes. Probably, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, that's why I don't make documentaries. That's one of the reasons I don't make documentaries. What's the other reason? I hate people. Oh, that's a good reason. Documentaries don't have to be about people. Yeah, you could do like those. Uh, you have to involve people. You can do Discovery Channel. I don't have. Know, I don't have life. Enough, I don't have enough time to do it by Planet myself, Earth. so I'd have to involve people. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. just do like the Ken Burns thing. Just find some long dead thing you want to talk about, like person or thing. You still have to get other people involved. Nah. And it's it's you just do, mu- do it's all, almost too nah, much dude. being in here with you, you guys. You pick something long dead like Millie Vanilli. Yeah. There you go, bam. I mean right off the bat. Oscar. You, you could only, what do you mean long dead like you, Millie you, Vanilli? You could only possibly interview one of them anyway, so just saying. Yeah. 
There's half, See, there half you, the battle See, there you already. have your tragic figure. Yep. Was that Millie or Vanilli? <laughs> Millard uh, or I believe Vanillard. their names were Rob and Fab. Oh. Then was it I'm Rob or with, Fab? Uh, probably Fab. I'd say if Rob. my name was Fab. Oh, oh yeah. True. But, you know. It, uh, yeah. Logical conclusion there. Sure. Makes sense. We don't need facts. We don't need to look this up. We don't need no documentary. We only Google things that matter. Yes. Like pictures of scarecrow people. Yeah, with scarecrow night, movie. Night vision goggles face on. goggle. Yeah. So, nothing else? Nobody? Uh, mm, uh, did you see the Simpsons intro the Banksy? this week? Yeah, the Banksy one. No. That, um, that's, it's kind of off topic, but it's kind of crazy that Fox let that get by. Okay. Because it basically goes through your standard, you know, Bart's skateboarding and the, yeah, you know, the the nuclear waste lands in the back of his jacket, you know, all that stuff with, and it would say Banksy on some of the walls. Okay. And all of a sudden it just suddenly like the music cuts out and it's all gray and it's all these um, Asian looking people in a sweatshop producing frames of animation for the intro. Okay. Like this huge room of them. And like, they show a little kid dipping it in the (laughs) toxic waste, in the toxic waste. And then they have, um, these, these guys are feeding kittens into a grinder (laughs) so that they can stuff Bart Simpson dolls. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it goes on for like an extra minute or so. And then all of a sudden just cuts back to the car, pulling into the thing and Homer gets smashed through the, or, you know, through, or no, it cuts back to them going being on the couch. Right. And then the episode starts. Okay. It's like, it's one of those things like you should seek it out and watch it just cause it's like, yeah. I, and does Fox not, not give a fuck or did they not know or what? The I think hell they don't happened? give a, I, I, I think they just don't give a fuck. I think, and I think they're finally if, at the point with the Simpsons where they can almost do whatever they want. Like they can let anybody almost do anything. Have they announced that they're ending at any no. point? No. No, they're going to run it. I don't it. know how they, they haven't at this point. It's It's got to be still it's making gotta, money. At this point, it's got to take a death. I, I, have, like, <laughs> I have not watched it in, I could not even yeah, tell you how many years it's been since I've seen a new episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, when I watched the movie, it was like one of those weird things where I was like, shit, I haven't watched this show for at least five years. Like, mm-hmm. at least. No, well, is this the 20th season they're in now? I think it might be past. Or are they just know. going for some kind of... Are they only sticking around because they might oh, want a record? They're, they're I mean, at least honestly, in the twentieth century they, or twentieth season. They might be yeah. past now because that's know. what it feels like. It feels like they're just around just to kind of break whatever record exists. Like, is it Gunsmoke that has it or something for the uh, longest no, running show? No, no, they've beaten anything other than Saturday Night Live and the News and really? sixty Minutes. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that's lasted longer. Like Mash and I think Bonanza were the ones that had the longest runs, and I think they beat them years ago. Mm-hmm. I think they don't ever want to be beaten. Probably. Yeah, and if the rate so. TV's going, they won't they won't be. No. Yeah. No, people have short attention spans, it's, which is but, weird that at this point it's just kind of like well, a and it's weird got, thing that's and, always there. You know, it's weird to think about, but it's gotta be an animated show. Just because, you know, live action shows you get involved in contracts and all that stuff and yeah, something yeah, had yeah. to stay popular this long, you know, we're just basically never gonna see something like that again. Right. Television. Yeah, and it's too bad that show hasn't been good in probably 10 years well you know it still has moments i mean there are still worse things you could watch like american dad or american dad was kind of funny for a season yeah or the cleveland show you know there's which was kind of funny for half a second (laughs) right yeah i mean i'm just saying there there are worse things you could watch spend your time doing Mm -hmm. you got a point animation but anyway yeah just 
just one of those things that's kind of one of those things that's worth seeking out and just kind of amazing that it got by and got on broadcast TV. I, this this I, is going to sound bad, but I don't know, I don't know exactly who or what Banksy is. I mean, I know it's a um, guy. He is a spray paint gift artist, shop. right? I I understand that, but I don't like what's his what's his role exactly in this. He's world? basically just a graffiti artist. Okay, he's a pretty good graffiti artist, and his stuff is, you know, is poignant. I guess is is what the the artsy people think. Okay, and yeah. he also you know he spray paints in these weird places, and his shit just shows up. In in weird places, okay. Overnight, yeah. My my favorite is one where somebody had written "Follow your dreams" on the wall, and then he's got an old man that's put a big stamp on top of it that says "Canceled." Oh, <laughs> he's nice. just standing next to that one. That's one of my favorite ones. And some of his some of his stuff, like in old torn down portions of Detroit, somebody went and actually took one of his one of his pieces. Okay, like took the entire wall. And, and I don't know if it was Detroit, but it was one place. Well, he operates in London, from what I understand. So. But he's been but all around. Is, is he strictly a graffiti artist, or is he like pretty much? Because I, I guess what pretty I'm much. I guess what I'm asking is like if I watch because what I, what I heard about Exit Through the Gift Shop is it, it's part documentary, part performance piece. Like you don't know what the line between reality yeah. and like Spike Jones Crazy World is, you know. And I don't I don't know if is it like is it worthwhile? I mean, have you seen it? I have not seen okay. it. I was going to try and see it when it was at Five Points Theater here, right. and didn't. I guess what I'm just yeah, wondering I is like that was I forgot that was a a Banksy joint, or yeah. I would have gone and seen that. Yeah, I just I guess I don't know. Am I gonna like learn who who or what he is and what it's about by watching this movie, or do I just need to go read Wikipedia? Probably better off reading Wikipedia. Okay. Though I should see if that's on uh, Netflix yet. Right. But yeah. Just, I don't know, just seemed something interesting to uh, to bring up, though. It is a that, stunning social commentary. That might be the last time I ever talk about The Simpsons on the show <laughs> again. Right. Not on Netflix yet, but I will save it to my queue. love how we're queuing up stuff that's not even released yet. That's kind of awesome. That's fine. I do that all the time because mm-hmm. I'll forget about it otherwise. True. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. BJ, you want to? Tell the fine folks how they might possibly get in touch with us. Let's do a rapid fire like we did last time. All right. First up. Website. Website. BMFcast.com. BMFcast.com. Email. BMF at BMFcast.com. Twitter. Twitter.com slash BMFcast. Or at BMFcast if you prefer. Facebook. Facebook.com slash BMFcast or search for Bad Movie Fiends Podcast. Email. Email. We already, are, did, we email. already did email. God, oh. you ruined it. iTunes. What? iTunes. You can search for us. <laughs> Oh, man, you ruined it now. What? With the email. Emails? Thing. What is email? How is email written? No email. Hot dog. <laughs> you're, eventually, you're going to find somebody who gets I'm that I'm just going to keep saying it on here until someone goes, oh, I get that. I remember yeah, that. I remember that commercial. No, you're not. Well, be, well, all right. While BJ's looking at that, I'm going to tell my story real fast. There, oh, God. All right. Here we go. Way back in the day on Tech TV, for anyone that ever watched it, there was a, there was a commercial where a guy was walking through New York City asking random people random tech questions. He stops at a hot dog vendor, says, How, what's the best way to email my photos? And the guy goes, no email, hot dog. And I can't remember for the life of me what the hell it was a commercial for or find a copy of it. But for years, it's one of those things like Acapulco Beachside that I've just been saying from a random commercial from years, years, years past. So if anybody knows, off chance, there it is. <laughs> BJ. So yeah, our rapid fire has devolved quickly, but 
Fuck rapid fire. Where um, were we? iTunes. We're on the internet. What should you do on iTunes? Search for search for Bad Movie Fiends podcast uh-huh. on iTunes. Uh huh. When you find us, subscribe, rate, review. Wow. Wow. Yes. That is powerful, powerful stuff. And then it is. the most important method that will get you on the Bamcast. Guaranteed. Practically guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. Mostly guaranteed. Our lawyers have said we can only say almost guaranteed. 100% almost, almost guaranteed. guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That's the Garfield phone. I'm pointing at it, but you can't see it. It's Garfield. He's waiting for you. Give us a call. 910-5-JOCKS-BMF. 910-556-9263. Give us a call. We'll put you on the Bamcast almost 100% of the time. Internet fame is yours. Guaranteed. Wow. Almost. That is a guarantee. Yes. That someone on the internet will hear your voice. And you will be. And you will go through their internet famous for it. And invade their brain with your words. Yep. We'll put you in other people's ear holes forcibly. (laughs) (laughs) Trespassers will be violated. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Babcast. I sure hope so. We're getting punchy anyway. Cool. Let's wrap this shit. All right. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm The Beach. And this is Banffcast Out. Walking to the other